0: Welcome to Life Church. We are an X242 Community, a family on a mission to bring
1: the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through his word and by his spirit.
2: I've kept a journal since like the first day of lockdown. I've kept a journal and I've done it day after day after day. So I actually have Christmas of 2020 and 2021 recorded in writing. Um, and I wanted to use one of them, but I read them and they were super depressing. <laughs> it was, I was at home, like there was a Zoom call to the family or something. It was, it was horrible. And like, boxing day is usually the big thing because I get to meet like my dad's side of the family and have a massive feast, but of course, didn't have that feast. And I mean, well, 2020 was on lockdown in 2021. Some people got coronavirus and we couldn't meet together. And it was kind of upsetting. But I remember 2018 was probably my favorite because um, we as a family had moved down back to Newark for just one, just for this one, this few days. And I got to meet some friends on Christmas Eve. And then, you know, we had Christmas morning and then we went to my mom's side of the family in the evening and then Boxing Day with the McDavid's, my side, the dad's side of the family. And that's what Christmas has kind of been, has been that you get to meet my family again to have those relationships and to... You know, um, meet them together, see how the year's been. Uh, And that's the point of sharing presents. It's not the thing itself, because otherwise it would be a letdown sometimes. It's the thought they've gone into it, and the fact that they've thought of me so much that they've given me something. And they thought, this reminded me of you. Here you go. But sometimes families are a letdown for Christmas time. And, I mean, it's easy to say Christmas is about family, because people, we all know it's not about the presents, as much as we love them. But it's also not quite about family. Because it's easy to say that when you're surrounded by loved ones and, you know, you have 15 cousins and stuff like that. But that's not always the case for everyone. But the thing is, Christmas isn't about the relationship you have with your family. It's the relationship Jesus had with us. Like, I remember I did, I have a small group I do on Tuesdays, and we did a series, I Am, the I Am statements that Jesus made. And one of them was, I am who I am. And that's, it was basically a whole thing of, Jesus is God and that was the claim he was making. And one of the questions was, how does that change what Jesus did if he is God? And then we went around the table and we discussed it. And there was all these things of, he wanted a personal relationship. He came down to be a human being with us and that he sacrificed himself for us. It was that idea of he wanted this personal relationship with us, a God that actually wants to know us. And that's what makes Christmas special. It's not the personal relationship we have with our family, although that is special and it is precious. It's the relationship we have with Jesus, the one who came down to have that relationship with us. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank
3: you, Ethan. Very good. Now, Bernie's going to come and tell her story.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so mine kind of comes on the back of what Ethan said in the end, it turns out, because mine was all about sort of the the families and the relationships and the... Mine's more of the sort of almost the legacy of what members of my family, that my dad particularly, has sort of left behind about what we did around Christmas. So one of the main things I remember, my dad was in the army. So I moved around a lot and he wasn't always there at Christmas. And so there times we had like two Christmases, because we had one in like mid-November before he went off to wherever he was going. And then we'd have the one with just my mum and my brother and sister. But... I remember one of the years, my dad came back actually for Christmas and he brought back one of his lads, so one of the boys that he sort of worked with, one of his soldiers that was underneath him. And I feel it was a bit sort of bizarre for this like 22-year-old guy to come to his boss's house, to his boss's family, but he just sort of slotted in and we sort of had a really good time and it was really nice to have someone that wasn't just our family actually around the sort of table and to sort of share all the dishes and things that we sort of... Did. And then as we sort of grew older, um, my dad was very much involved with Warrington Action for the Homeless, so quite often he would do the night shelter, so I wouldn't see him Christmas Eve, because he'd be in the night shelter, and all the sort of people would be coming in, and Warrington Baptist Church would open the doors, and they'd have them all staying in, they'd make them food, so I wouldn't really see my dad that much, but I knew he was out serving other people and helping and doing what Jesus has sort of told us to be doing, and that sort of has really left something for sort of for me you sort of think oh what do I want to do at Christmas so yeah it's nice to have your family but it's we always end up having extra members of family or extra people that aren't actually sort of immediate family with us and that's something that I really kind of quite enjoy doing now and then as I grew up and I got married and I had the boys you then get to that stage when you're married where it's like well who's who gets what Christmas day so it's one of those sort of which ones do you do and sort of we had to work around it. And in the end, my mum and dad decided that on the days that we were going to be with Mark's family on Christmas Day, they would go and they volunteered down at the homeless shelter. They would go and do stuff. So they sort of, again, it's that thing of, well, they don't want just sit at home. They want to go out and serve and they really wanted to sort of do what Jesus commanded. And now it's sort of quite a challenge to me. What do I do over Christmas? Is it just about me and the boys and mark or is it okay we now need to be serving other people we need to be going out there and sort of in Matthew chapter 22 Jesus says about for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in I needed clothes and you clothed me I was sick and you looked after me I was in prison and you came to visit me and then verse 40 says the king will reply truly I tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me and I think it's just We need to remember that, yes, Jesus sort of came down to earth and he was a baby and he grew up, but at the same time, we also need to remember what he told us to do, which is to see those that are more unfortunate than us, those that are going to be lonely. There isn't always everyone that has somebody at Christmas. And, yeah, it's great if you get to see all your family and lockdown happened and we didn't, but Christmas is really, really hard for some people and it's really, really hard for me because that just reminds me that my dad's not here anymore. And... I think we need to sort of be sensitive to people that may have no one to go to at Christmas, that maybe they have. But it's just a really hard time. Christmas can be a very lonely time surrounded by people. It can be the loneliest time ever when you just feel alone and you're missing people. So I think just for me, it was just that I really felt God say, we need to be aware of people that aren't, that haven't got this happy little family that's always shown in all the movies, that we just need to be there for the people and just to care for people and just love each other. And just be aware that maybe going up to someone on Sunday, giving them a hug, how are you doing? Or just wanting to let you know I'm praying about you. Just little things can mean everything. And it's something I've just really been challenged with recently. So thank you.
3: (laughs) Brilliant. Thank you, Bernie. Wonderful. We've got another story now. So here's Bianca. I'm going to hold the mic for her. Bianca's been doing the teas and coffees this morning with her husband, Mark.
0: I might not speak quite as uh, freely as the others. I've got my notes. I was quite nervous doing this this morning. I wasn't sure if it's the right thing, but um, here we go. So um, this is on the theme, Let the Children Come to Me. Uh, 13 years ago, Mark and I were blessed uh, with a precious gift in our family. Uh, Our lovely boy, Joshua. Joshua was born on the 16th of October, and we experienced experienced such uh, overwhelming joy when he came to us. Uh, when we saw Joshua, uh, we were in complete awe and wonder at the perfect gift that God has given to us. And we worshiped together and we were so thankful for God's good- goodness to us. Uh, I remember how excited I was uh, about Joshua's dedication service. And uh, I couldn't wait to um, really do the dedication on Christmas Day. Um, I thought it would be a special time to celebrate the Savior's birth, as well as dedicate Joshua to the Lord. So Joshua's dedication did take place at Christmas Day, and it was so special. Um, Mom and Dad live in Romania, so they came flying over as well, which was such a blessing. Uh, I was filled with such joy, and um, I remember I was quite overwhelmed um, and, and filled with wonder uh, at this moment, on that Christmas day. Um, I remember thinking about the verse in Mark 10, Uh, just like uh, Ethan says, he he keeps his diaries um, and so do I. And going back, uh, uh, I was looking at that and uh, Mark 10 came to me on that day. I let the children come to me. And I was so happy that uh, I was um, able to bring Joshua to the Lord, just like my mom and dad did. They brought me to Jesus. And um, ever since I was little, I I knew the importance of bringing the children to Jesus. um, And Proverbs 22, 6 echoed in my heart, train a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I was quite clear uh, in what this would mean for me as a parent, but my thoughts and my heart uh, that Christmas day took me uh, much further Uh, What does this actually mean for me as a teacher, as well as a mom? So, my heart started opening up to something deeper that encompassed Joshua, uh, as well as all the children that uh, I was teaching in school. And I had a deep desire to allow the children to discover and follow uh, and share Jesus so much more than I had done up to then. And I knew that children mattered to Jesus. Because the Bible tells us this loud and clear. So how could I share this in school? How can I become a ministry for me uh, to minister to the children in my school? So obviously, that will coming into my mind. I was a simple teacher, quite small, quite quiet, uh, nervous. Uh, how could I do this job well? Uh, but God's word came to me, 1 Samuel sixteen seven. The Lord does not look at things that man look at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this continued to strengthen me. Um, Also, a phrase uh, captured my attention after reading the Old Testament. um, And I noticed that this phrase appears in God's word quite a few times. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. And I loved reading this. um, And I started um, praying... For the Spirit of the Lord to come upon me in power, just like he did with David. So why would he not do that to me if he did it to his people a long time ago? Yeah. So lots of different opportunities developed which allowed the children to get to know about Jesus. Um, and, and that was so encouraging. Um, I was at a school in Lim and, and things really started to move. Um, I was put in charge of RE. I was doing lots of the concerts, lots of the worship times, and I could really get the word of the Lord um, spread in the school. Now just like Solomon, I longed for a wise and discerning heart. The Lord continued to speak through his word, telling me to strengthen my position and see what must be done. Just like that prophet told King Ahab. I continued to ask the Lord to make straight my path because um, it was quite hard. Um, but just like David asked the Lord in Psalm 5.8, my journey to school in Lim was coming to an end. And as the Lord was preparing me, he was preparing Sinum Brow. When I started my new job, I was encouraged quite quickly to um, attend a Christian leadership training for a, one year. Now, this prepared my hands for service at levels I could never have imagined. And part of my training was to share the vision I had for school as a leader that reflected the Christian foundation. And I remember how clear the picture of a lighthouse was each time I thought about this school. So with this also came God's word from Matthew 5:14, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bow. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, the school had lots of difficulties, and um, the job looked huge. But I just want to share with you some of the Bible verses that, um, that the Lord was um, giving to me, to, to encourage me through and, and give me strength. And we have, I have Psalm 18, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against the troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. And at all times, I remember praying for the Lord to show me his way. Show me your ways, O oh Lord, Teach me your path, guide me in your truth, and teach me you, O oh Lord, I am my God. It was very difficult being in school as it was requires improvement, and um, lots had to be done. but um, as I said before, little by little, the Lord was preparing the cinnamon brow for me to arrive but at the same time for Rachel who is currently the head teacher to arrive and for the Lord to use us in this place to be a light and to um, get the children in school to be a light with us for the community around us and Psalm 62 was giving me strength again truly my soul finds rest in God my salvation comes from him truly he is my rock and my salvation he is my fortress um I think what I want you to take from this today is that if the Lord puts something on your mind and on your heart, um, to be confident to take hold of that and to um, let the Lord reveal himself in his word for you because he has got everything ready for you to um, take that on and do the job he needs you to do. He gives you everything you need, even though you might feel that you are not able to do that. And hope is not always easy. Um, And there's a lot of work to be done. As I learn to trust God, I have to develop qualities of steadfastness in in my own character. But um, Paul says in Romans 5, uh, we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And um, I know that each time I anchor myself in Jesus, I have everything I need to continue the work that he has set for me ahead. Thank you.
3: Brilliant. So now Gary's going to come and, and, and tell us a story from his life.
4: Good morning, church. Good morning. So I'm going to tell you a story about my first Christmas, which is probably not something many people can say. don't know how many people remember their first Christmas. I remember my first Christmas because... I was 13 years old. So for the first 12 years of my life, I spent in the Jehovah's Witnesses and they don't celebrate Christmas. So you go. Know, for those of you that didn't know. And so coming into my 13th and first birthday and my 13th and first Christmas, um, it was a completely new experience. Obviously I'd seen what, what happened in December and all the things that happened and the kids that were in the assemblies and the, all the kind of stuff that was going on and um, you know I was always sort of stood outside um, but I would when I was outside, I would always be listening to the songs they were singing and you know the things that the things that that were being spoken about there and it always resonated with me. you know so you know e- even in in sort of this um, tradition that I was in, you know you have an understanding of god and, and and scripture to a certain extent of course but when we took a step out and came to church <laughs> um i can't begin to describe what happened to me in that first meeting it was just absolutely overwhelming like something just washed over me and i was just i just even just being there for 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 all of 10 15 minutes i just burst into tears because I'd never experienced anything like it, and it wasn't that anything like anyone was singing particularly well, or or you know that anything mind blowing was being spoken about. It was just the love of Jesus washing over me, and so you know when I was asked to speak about what's your first experience at Christmas, I thought, well, okay, that's interesting because obviously it was it was my first experience was my thirteenth when well, I was thirteen, um, and I was reflecting on so why. Don't the Jehovah's Witnesses celebrate it? Well, it, the claim is, okay, we don't celebrate it because it's a pagan festival, a pagan tradition. And the video we just watched talks about exactly that. Is It's just this slight detour, even if it's a slight detour from what the Bible actually says about what happened. Um, you know, they, they were actually like, no, throwing but actually throwing the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> because for them it's 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 not about the divinity of Jesus. They don't believe in that That's story for another time, but because of that, the whole thing gets thrown out. So, but all of it amounts to a deviation from the main thing. What's the main thing? And, you know, this is what that video was saying, is that when you distill it all away, when all of the traditions and the stories and the songs all fade away, what are we left with? We're left with the fact that Jesus, God incarnate came among us, Emmanuel. Yeah. Came to earth to save us. That's what it. That's why it's distilled down to. It's not even December the twenty-fifth. That you know they're right in the sense that it is. There's a whole bunch of peripheral things that go around it, but just distilled down into this one thing. And so it's to. It's just an encouragement for us all to remember that and to focus on that. And it's funny, you know, like there'll be things that we'll watch and we'll consume. You know, we what? There's a new movie out. Funny movie. Um, a variation on a Christmas Carol, spirited. It's got you know Will Ferrell and you know these funny comedians, and it's funny because when obviously um, you think about the Christmas Carol, it's a story of redemption, but and you're like, oh, that's lovely, but the message is almost, well, you you change yourself, you help yourself, and that's the thing that's going to make the difference, and the message is actually, no. <laughs> we, you know, we respond to something that happens in us. We respond to what Jesus does to enable us to do that, to make those changes. So, you know, as, as lovely as the things are and as festive and as... They, all the things that people have spoken about today, it's, it's been really lovely, but, you know, it's just a, a reminder for, for me and for us all just remember what the main thing is at all times. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Thank you,
3: Gary. Amazing. So uh, Margaret's going to come and share her story. So we had quite a range this morning, haven't we, of people and different backgrounds and that sort of thing. So hopefully you've been interested in that and that's uh, grabbed your attention and made you think about some things. But one of my favourite people in the world is Margaret and uh, she is amazing.
5: Morning Morning. (laughs) and a happy Christmas. I love Christmas, every part of Christmas. I love and celebrate within my life, within my family. Um, But what happens when the lights have gone, when the carols have stopped playing, when the baby in the pretend baby in the manger has gone, all the decorations have taken down? What do we do then? Do we go back to who we were um, before? Christmas or do we think seriously about some of the truths we've heard either in church in uh, school nativities whatever Um, I've got a story to tell and I'm going to start my story off like this are you sitting comfortably because that's what they said in Blue Peter many (laughs) years ago when I watched it then I'll begin This is a story about another baby, a baby who was born south side of America, of Birmingham, sorry, not America, maybe that's a desire, but it's Birmingham, um, to a mom and dad and a sister. A little girl who, when she was six or seven, was sent to Sunday school at the bottom of the road where the chapel was, All the neighbour's children were sent there every Sunday afternoon so mum and dad could have a rest. But it had a different effect upon this little girl because this little girl heard about Jesus and it affected her life forever. When she was 11, she went along to Birmingham Town Hall, which is a huge Hall to hear the words of a man called Billy Graham, who is now deceased, but talked about um, the man she'd been hearing about in Sunday school, um, and it would seem that uh, this man in the in the manger, this baby in the manger, had grown up, had been not by accident been born but had been sent by God, his Father. And why was he sent? God says that he sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So it was no accident. And she also learned that if she accepted the love of God for her, the love of Jesus for her, that she would be saved, Jesus had to be punished on a cross for her sin, and that really, really affected her life. And if she, this, she was now eleven, if she believed that Jesus had come from God and had died on a cross for her sin. When she eventually died, she would go to be with God, with Jesus, in heaven. She couldn't believe that what she was hearing. um, She started, she stood up, started to walk down the steps to this uh, place at the bottom. And would you believe she was right at the top? of the town hall and had to walk down many stairs because it was many floors up to get to the bottom. But when she was there, they prayed that Jesus might come into her life, might change her life and give her a new direction in her life, following now God and not man. She was only 11 when this happened. What happened next in this little girl's life would take a lifetime to explain. But she did give her life to God. And she did believe that he was with her, that he was her constant companion. Through growing, She grew up, she got married, she was deserted, divorced, faced death, But she knew that God was with her. She knew that God was holding her in his arms and that he had a plan for her life and that one day she would see him face to face. She had four amazing daughters after being married again. And through poverty, illness and many, many joys, her God has been there. She's a lot older now, and, uh, but she's confident when she dies, she will go to her. Her home will be in eternity to be with her God and Saviour. Today, you could enjoy the same miracle yeah. as that 11-year-old girl experienced in her life. Yeah. Um, as important as Christmas is... Easter is coming, and that's when we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection. He can become your saviour, and you can, at this special time, know forgiveness and be accepted by God. The story I've told you is not a fairy story. It really did happen. And I can confirm without a doubt that that story happened because I was that baby. I was that 11-year-old. I was that young person, an adult, that grew up walking with God every step of the way. Not an easy life, but I know that I'm forgiven and accepted by God and enjoying all that God has got for me. The greatest gift I can give you today is not wrapped up with paper and it's cost me nothing, but I pray you will think seriously about the words that I've brought to you today with a lot of nerves and a lot of feeling uncomfortable, but I know that those choices you make today to follow Jesus will affect you now and for eternity. Thank you for listening.
3: Thank you, Margaret. So good.
0: We've come to the end of this week's message.
1: We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by
0: visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.